superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan, warmly joined on this Friday morning by my two friends and co-workers, Derek Brown and Pat Fitzmaurice. Guys, it's the Friday show. I don't want to speak for you guys. This might be my favorite show that we do every week, so I'm very excited to be talking with you guys. Not really much to recap from Thursday Night Football. The Chiefs won, as expected, kind of a boring game, so we'll move right past that and jump into our key questions for every matchup this week. Matchup previews. There are two teams on by this week, just two, Packers and Steelers. So if for some reason you haven't checked your lineups yet and you forgot to take those guys out, make sure you go in and take them out. We do have, for the third straight week, another London game. So again, I will remind everybody, sign up for Autopilot through Fantasy Pros My Playbook and make sure you aren't caught with players in your lineup that are surprise sits, especially if you're on the West Coast and that game starts at 6.30 a.m., just make sure Autopilot is there to handle all the inactives for you, just in case, better safe than sorry. That London game is my Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. And my key question with this one, guys, the Ravens had one of the worst games for wide receivers in recent memory last week in Pittsburgh. They had seven drops after not having any in the season before that game. Do we trust them to bounce back in London against the Titans. Fitz, I'll start with you. Yeah, and by the way, when you have a guy who is scratched in a London game in your lineup, I believe that's called a Camara. Worm. Yes, um, I yeah. that is the, the one that ev- <laughs> yeah. everybody was burned by. Pe- yeah. I know I know people who are still steaming over that one. <laughs> sure. um, yeah, do we trust the Ravens wide receivers? I would say no, except for Zay Flowers. Uh, he is the one exception here, and he's quickly climbed to the top of the target pecking order, at least among the Baltimore receivers. I think you need to get multiple decent games out of either Odell Beckham or Rashad Bateman before you can put either in your lineup and feel good about it at all. Um, those guys have a long way to go to get back into the circle of trust. I, I still have not totally given up on Rashad Bateman even though this is probably the nadir of his young professional career, uh, you know, like I, I would still be willing to acquire him in a dynasty league or something. But for now, Flowers is the only playable Baltimore wide receiver. Yeah, I'm with you on Bateman. I know Debro, I'm assuming, is too, because he was as high of <sighs> Bateman as, as anybody, you know, mm-hmm. coming into this season and the last couple of seasons. I am like shocked that it hasn't kind of happened in a bigger way for him yet at this point in his career, especially now that he seems somewhat healthy. But um, yeah, that's been a really tough one. Debra, same question to you. Do we trust these Ravens receivers to bounce back? And I'll, I'll loop Mark Andrews into that because he also had a few of those drops in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I'm with Fitz. I mean, it's, it's flowers and Andrews bounce back. Um, I don't want anybody else in this Ravens passing attack. Um, I think Odell is just a shell of his former self. I think same thing we could say with Bateman and that's fat. That, that is sad for me to say. Um, but with the foot injuries and stuff, he has not looked like the same player that he once was when we've seen him out there running routes this year. And that hasn't been a whole lot either. Uh, Baltimore has only one instance this year where they've allowed him to, or he has, should I say allowed, where he has eclipsed like a 60, 70% route per dropback participation. So even last week, man, like I know that we got the, the film clip of him dropping the touchdown, but he had a 30% route per run, a route run rate last week. So I don't even know if we see that much abatement this week. So it's flowers and Andrews and you can count me out on the rest of this passing attack. Uh, really quickly, I do have a question on the Titans, but I want to ask you just also on the Ravens backfield, justice Hill keeps getting more work and looking actually decent, but then fumbling the ball right and left, especially on these big, like kind of momentum killing fumbles. Uh, and, and Gus Edwards, you know, going up against a run defense like this Titans game, are we just avoiding the Ravens backfield this week also fits, you know, is, is it really flowers, Lamar Andrews and nobody on this team? 
Yeah, I do think those guys are just desperation plays at this point. Plus, we could see some Keaton Mitchell. I, I know some people are excited about him. Probably unrealistic to think Mitchell can ever get more than like eight to ten touches a game. But um, yeah, like you would need to be pretty desperate. Maybe next week when there are six teams on by this week, hopefully you are not in a position where you have to start a Baltimore running back or even contemplate it. Man, I hadn't looked ahead. I didn't realize we have uh, you know, a, a somewhat of a buy Mageddon next week. That'll be a, yes. that'll be a fun one to set lineups for. Uh, Deaver, I want to ask you uh, on the Titans side of things quickly. DeAndre Hopkins is coming off by far his best game as a Titan. You know, he catches 140 yards, 11 targets. His receiving prop, is at four and a half receptions and 57 and a half receiving yards for this week against the Ravens. Are we betting either of those? I'm not, but if you are looking at the projections over on betting pros right now, we have him projected to go over both of those marks. Um, He's our our betting pros projections have him at 5.6 receptions, 63 receiving yards. So per our projections, we have the over and have him covering those. I I just, uh, I want to stay away from the lines because I feel like, the margin for error there is very, very thin. I think that him getting into the 60s is plausible, but also he's going against a Ravens secondary that's allowed the 13th lowest receiving yards to perimeter wide receivers. So that's not a spot I really want to be backing with my cash this week. Fitz, yes or no? Four and a half receptions, 57 and a half receiving yards. Are you betting either of those? Debro, 13th lowest. That's middle of the pack, man. This is not that daunting a matchup, I don't think, especially with Traylon Burks not likely to return this week. So I think Deep Hop is a pretty good bet for 10 plus targets. And, you know, with 10 plus targets, all he has to do is have a 50% catch rate and average about, uh, what, 5.8 yards per target. Yeah, I think he can do that. So I'm, I'm in on D Hop on the overs this week. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. This week, I am very intrigued by the Seahawks taking on a rejuvenated Bengals team in Cincy. The Bengals are laying three points. The total is set at 45. That's over on DraftKings Sportsbook. I think this is going to be a great game, and we could be in line for a very exciting finish there. I'm really excited for what we'll see out of that game during the witching hour on Sunday afternoon. However you plan to bet that one, get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code FANTASYPROS only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Guys, let's go to our next game here in the 1 o'clock Eastern slate. That's Commanders at Falcons. My key question here, Kyle Pitts finally hit double-digit fantasy points in a game this week. Is he startable again, or was that a fluke? Debro, I ask you this. He's startable, but that's only because of the state of the tight end position. Um, I, I'm still not putting a lot of faith into Kyle Pitts. And part of this comes for, okay, that being the one possible Haley's Comet game, I don't want to feel like I'm chasing that. But a lot of this also leans to the matchup. You have a commander's uh, defense that's allowing the 10th fewest fantasy points and only one receiving touchdown to opposing tight ends. I know that Pitts doesn't fit the exact mold of the tight end position as much as he plays in the slot and out wide. So maybe there's some pushback on that, but you're probably starting him if you got him. I'm not telling you to feel great about it, though. Fitz, what do you think about Pitts? I mean, I like him. I'm starting him in the Scott Fishbowl this week. I, it's weird that not everyone believes Pitts is good, that some people might think he's bad when he's so obviously getting kneecapped by Arthur Smith and and to a lesser extent by his quarterback. Um, yeah. 
like he's good and is eventually going to have some really nice years. I mean, the guy had a, a thousand yard season as a rookie, the first tight end since Mike Ditka to do that, have a thousand yards as a rookie. But um, Debro mentioned it. It is a tough matchup. The commanders gave up the fourth fewest fantasy points to tight ends a year ago. And, uh, you know, they're one of the better teams at defending tight ends so far this year. So it is a, a difficult matchup. Not excited about starting him, but yeah, the the tight end position is gross, and you might not have a choice. Where do where do you yeah. have him ranked this week? Fits among eleven among tight ends. Eleven tight end eleven. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those situations where like I am going to be forced to start him in a few different leagues, and it's like sure you can kind of build the case for well, may, you know, double digit fantasy points last week, but in no way, shape, or form do I feel good about having to start him. Um, so we can move on from that one. Let's go to game number three: Vikings at Bears. My key question here, and Fitz, I'll stick with you, is Justin Fields back to an every week must start, or has he just taken advantage of some easy matchups the last two weeks? Oh, look at D-Bro smiling. He knows the answer. <laughs> yes, keep rolling Justin Fields out there. <laughs> the funny thing is he yes. averaged 149 and a half passing yards last year and was still the quarterback six in fantasy scoring. Now he's got DJ Moore and an improved offensive line. Uh, Cole Komet seems to be taking another step up. Yeah, there you go. DJ Moore, <laughs> Maryland product. Um and now with the, the two big passing days the last two weeks, he is now up to 228.6 passing yards per game, 79 more yards per game than he averaged a year ago. The rushing numbers are down a little bit, but I think it's a little more sustainable with this, with the passing yardage up and Fields not being asked to run to quite the ridiculous extent that he was being asked to run last year. Um, still going to provide a lot of value with his legs, of course, but yeah, this does feel more sustainable. And, you know, I didn't want the freakishly heavy running production last year. Like that felt like an injury waiting to happen. I like it better this way. And and yes, he's absolutely like a top six, top seven quarterback the rest of the way. Yeah, Debra, I wanted Fitz to go first here so I could kind of clear the <laughs> runway for you being so high on fields. You've got fields as QB three this week, and I know you're high on him rest of season I mean, as well. People might have uh, kind of double checked uh, my ranks before setting lineups this week and said, oh, my God, you've got Justin Fields ranked above Patrick Mahomes. But tell me why not? We we all saw what happened last night. Um, yes, I, I think Fields is back. I was also in the camp of Fields never went anywhere. This is a bad offensive system. They've made a lot of changes. Now they've made it a priority to get DJ Moore involved. Oh, <laughs> that looks so smart, doesn't it? Look at that, people. You're putting the ball in the hands of your best playmaker. Amazing. And they're calling designed runs. But for everybody out there that still believes that Justin Fields cannot throw the ball over the last two weeks, and you can say whatever you want to about matchups, but if he's playing bad, bad quarterbacks do not take advantage of good matchups like that. Not to the level that Justin Fields has. Because he has not been just playing good. He's been surgical. You look at what he's done over the last two weeks. 32 qualifying quarterbacks. He's third in yards per attempt. Third in passer rating. Oh, we have more top 10 numbers coming, people. Don't worry. Just, just get comfortable. 10th in adjusted completion rate and 8th in highly accurate throw rate. All of those should perk your eyebrows up and make you believe and understand that Justin Fields is that dude. This offense is working for him now. They're getting the ball in the right people's hands. And I think a lot of this also has to come from, and we have to point this out, Chase Claypool being gone. We're cutting out other ancillary pieces of this offense and running the ball through where they need to in the sense of you saw more consolidated usage for DJ Moore, Cole Komet, uh, Khalil Herbert. And now maybe that spills over to one of these backs this week. But yeah, this Bears offense is on the rise and Justin Fields has always been and remains that dude. Debro, just very quickly, um, I want to get your rest of season ranking on field. Fitz has him QB7, I think he said, which is in line with consensus. The six guys ahead of him are Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Tua Tungavailoa. So do you have fields higher than any of those guys rest of season, Debro? I've got him currently at QB5 right now. The only guys that I got above him are Herbert, Allen, Hurts, and Tua. And yeah, I mean, I've got him above Patrick Mahomes. I've got him above Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't know why that really has to be thrown out there, but look at the production, people. This this Kansas City Chiefs offense does not look good right now. 
Lamar looks good, but he's running a little bit less and he doesn't exactly look like the Lamar of old as far as when he has taken off and run. So while I like those quarterbacks, I'm also being real about like the production and the upside for the rest of the season. Uh, sticking with this game, I do want to ask about the Vikings side of things because they are now without the guy that was the number one pick in most fantasy drafts this August. What are our expectations for the Vikings passing game without Justin Jefferson? Um, and again, they are going up against a pretty exploitable Bears defense. Fitz, what do you think? Yeah, the matchup is good. I think Cousins is still a lower end quarterback. One, Hawkinson now, absolutely a must start every week. Probably, you know, double digit target expectations almost every week, you would think. Um Jordan Addison, maybe a low end wide receiver two, and KJ Osborne, a low end wide receiver three. I would issue one small word of caution about this game, though. And generally, I'm a, a fade the weather guy, big time. But it is a pretty dire forecast for Chicago on Sunday. Wind is going to be howling off Lake Michigan from the north. And we know that Soldier Field is basically on this peninsula that juts right out uh, into Lake Michigan. So could be kind of ugly. There's going to be some rain, too. So um, maybe that could tamp down the passing production a bit. But, uh, you know... Hopefully it's not going to be anything too devastating, not like 30 or 40 mile an hour gusts, just a little something to watch for and maybe check on Sunday morning. I, I love the detail from Weatherman Pat, like the the winds coming up from Lake Michigan, just like really going all in. I, I wish you were in front of a green screen for that. Oh, uh, that would be beautiful. The whole <laughs> umbrella and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Debra, very quickly, Vikings passing game in this one. What do you what do you expect? I think losing Justin Jefferson takes the ceiling away for Kirk Cousins. Uh, just going right into this passing attack through Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson, I think we're going to see a less efficient passing attack. And this is not to say anything bad about Jordan Addison. Like, I, I'm in on Jordan Addison. Got him as a top 15 wide receiver this week. And this comes down to the coverage matchup. But if you're looking at rest of season ranks, I've dropped Kirk Cousins as to he is QB 14 right now. So outside of my top 12 and I think he's in a large scrum of guys like he's in the same conversation for me as Matthew Stafford Jared Goff Brock Purdy and I like all of their weapons with Justin Jefferson now on the shelf for a while than I do Cousins speaking of Addison this is the perfect opportunity to talk about this year's fantasy over under challenge presented by betting pros each week the guys will be making over under picks for 10 different players for how many fantasy points we expect them to score submit your picks at fantasypros.com slash challenge to play along with the guys so you don't miss out on the chance to win awesome prizes again that's fantasypros.com slash challenge one of this week's players is in fact Jordan Addison first outing for him without Justin Jefferson obviously he's usually taking a huge portion of targets away so do we expect him to go over addison's line set at 11 fantasy points against the bears over under fits what do you think it's a good line but i'm gonna say over i, th I think he does it i think cousins kind of leans on him this week uh addison and hawkinson this week so yeah i'll say over Debro, 11 fantasy points over or under i'm taking the over um i hadn't looked at the lines yet actually i'm sitting here I'm in my head trying to figure out what the line that you were going to spit out was. And I felt like the line would to, to be tough and take the under probably 12, 12 and a half. So I'm definitely going to hit the over. Debro, of course, handles the primer every single week, but I also wanted to mention that with our My Primer tool, you can get a personalized view of the primer tailor-made for your specific fantasy team. All you have to do is head to fantasypros.com slash myplaybook and quickly sync your team for our in-depth advice on your players. Let's go to game number four. I mentioned this earlier when talking about DraftKings Sportsbook. I really am excited for this game. Seahawks at Bengals. My key question here is, the Bengals look something close to their old selves in week five, but it did come against the Cardinals did they figure something out or are we still nervous about this offense Debra I mean I, I'm fine with Joe Burrow I said it last week Joe Burrow was going to come back I said it last week that J Jamar Chase is going nuclear um so I'm still with both of those things you look at the Seattle secondary and the other parts or pieces if we want to just kind of peel back the curtain a little bit more and say is Joe Burrow getting closer to full health I think the two things that that I laid out in the primer that points to yes is that we saw his time to throw increase from 2.2 to 2.39. You saw his A dot climb from 6.2 to 7.1. Both of those things should make us feel better about Burrow's ability in the pocket to one by time. Two, he's holding on to the ball longer than he was whenever it was like, get the ball out. I don't want to get hit. And I, I, I'm going to dink and dunk down the field. 
So I think that we could see the ADOT climb a little bit higher again this week. Pat? Yeah, we saw a Joe Burrow scramble last week where uh, it was something that I don't think we would have seen in week two from yep. Joe Burrow. And you have to figure he's getting close to, to full health off this calf injury, which was really early in training camp. Um, so maybe I'm not 100% confident in the Bengals offense, but I'm I'm probably hovering around 90% right now. And then after the Bengals go on by next week, come out of it in week seven, I'll probably feel pretty good about Burrow health-wise, maybe not so matchup-wise because they come out to games against the 49ers and Bills. That's going to be tricky, but it, it does help that he is getting... Uh, a superhero's effort from Jamar Chase. I mean, Chase just completely laid waste to the Cardinals last week and uh, might do the same thing to Seattle this week. Yep. He's always open. He told us. Yep. Uh, I, I do have a He's second question. He's not qu- lying. Find the yeah, lie. Yeah. Uh, I, that's not the exact quote, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I, I do have a second question here on the other side. And I just, you know, I, I'm not sure we really expect this to happen, but we do often see rookies get larger workloads coming off of their bye weeks in that rookie season. Is there any concern that Zach Charbonnet will eat into Kenneth Walker's workload moving forward, Debra? Moving forward, rest of the season, like maybe late in the season, I think those concerns could be real. But considering we're only at week six, his, his snaps have stayed very consistently, I might add, in the 24 to 26% range. Um, even in last week's game, Kenneth Walker still was the guy. I think he's going to remain the guy. Now we could see them start to ease off the gas a little bit as we move into the stretch part of the season. So maybe if you're, we're starting to see kind of maybe we get a little bit further into season week eight, week nine, and Kenneth Walker snaps go down into the mid sixties. Maybe Charbonnet starts ticking up just a little bit. I'm not telling you to get rid of the guy. But it might be prudent at that point if we start seeing those things to get out and trade him away for somebody else. Same question fits on Charbonnet. And I guess you could also throw JSN into here as well as a rookie in Seattle that maybe gets more workload coming off the bye. Oh, uh, JSN is just kind of a different case because the usage has been so like they're using him so close to the line of scrimmage. It just it's such a value kill. He would need a, a massive like Keenan Allen type target share to make that role work as a a short area receiver. It's not going to happen, but he is an interesting lottery ticket in case anything were to happen to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Then we might see a a JSN value spike in his rookie year, but for now, not playable at all as long as Metcalf and Lockett are healthy. And I know uh, DK is dealing with a a ribs issue, but uh, I think he picked that up in like week two and has still been playing and, you know, not practicing this week, but they're just managing it. As for Charbonnet, he looks good, but so does Walker. Um, Debro laid this out pretty perfectly. I mean, maybe we see this become more of a 60-40 thing than the 70-30, 75-25 we're seeing right now. But Pete Carroll does run a true meritocracy where, you know, if you are playing well, you are going to get playing time. Kenneth Walker has done nothing to merit a reduction in workload. Let's go to another betting pros over under challenge here with Joe Burrow. His line is set at 19 and a half fantasy points against Seattle. Fitz, do we trust him to go over that mark? I'm going to stay with the under here. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to bet on a Joe Burrow goes nuclear game just yet. Debra? Man, that's a good line. I'd be, I would say a lot quicker a yes if you had it at 18 or even in the seventh, um, I'll, I'll take the over um, because the ceiling is so heavily correlated, not only in this week, but every week to Jamar Chase. You look at every blow up game from Burrow, every 20 pointer, 25 point game that he has. Jamar Chase is the guy fueling like he is the rocket fuel for Burrow's ceiling games. I think this is another nuclear chase spot. So I'm going to take the over. I've also got a betting pros player prop here that you can find on bettingpros.com for Burrow over under 271 and a half passing yards for Burrow in this one, Debro. over Fitz. man. I'm not betting this one either way, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go under here. Okay. That's, that's how you know it's a good line when we get one over mm-hmm. and one under 
Fellas, is there a better sports month than October? The answer, of course, is no. Football is well underway. The baseball postseason is here, and brand new basketball and hockey seasons are upon us. While we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at a game live and in person. As I mentioned to you last week, I actually went to my first ever Orioles playoff game last weekend when I was visiting family back east. They did, in fact, get blown out in that game, but it was just a little more tolerable watching that debacle in person rather than on TV. There's nothing on earth quite like the energy in the stadium for a postseason game. And, of course, you know I used the best, best way to get tickets to any of these games. That's on GameTime, the official ticketing app of Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. They let you see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They're all in prices. Show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees, and it takes no time at all. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps, so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and redeem code FANTASYPROS for 20 $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Fantasy Pros. That's Fantasy Pros, all one word, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I do love that all in. You know, they show the price for you. We I compared them to some of the other popular sites out there just because I was curious. Some of them had t- fees in the range of $70 a ticket oh, for that game. That's um, crazy. So I, I went with my mom, and, and we spent, you know, a while looking at different ticket options, and we were just laughing at the ridiculousness of that. It's it's really obnoxious, some of those other sites. So use game time if you're getting tickets to a, any sort of big game like that. Let's go to game number five here, 49ers at the Browns. A couple of awesome defenses in this one. My key question here is, is this elite Browns defense good enough to finally be the team to slow down the unstoppable 49ers offense? Fitz, what do you think? Yeah, maybe. I do think the Browns have a a Super Bowl caliber defense. It's kind of a shame the Browns have had so many things not go right offensively because this defense is uh, pretty terrific and it might get an assist from the terrible Great Lakes weather we were talking about earlier, uh, wind and rain in in Cleveland and um, Brown Stadium has this wind tunnel effect. uh, Like maybe no other stadium in the NFL. So that could be kind of an issue. Again, I'm not... Weatherman Pat laughing. comes back again. Yeah. Here it is, man. And Weatherman I'm, I'm Pat. The, I'm the Faye the Weather guy, and here I am talking about weather. Uh, but the thing is, <laughs> is the Browns defense any better than the Dallas defense, which the 49ers just completely picked their teeth with last week? That that's the thing. So can they like can they stop the 49ers? I don't think so. Can they, uh, you know, maybe tap the brakes on the 49ers offense? That's maybe the best you can hope for. Yeah, it feels like a classic example of like you can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them. And even then, I'm not sure how much hope anybody can have to contain this offense, Debro. Like, obviously, we're not sitting a guy like CMC or Ayuk or any of these studs. But any level of concern here? None. Not at all. No. Nope. Nah. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Nope. I'm not worried about it at all. And I'm going to say it in my ranks. I'm already. I have George Kittle ranked as the tight end two this week. I have Brandon Ayuk as a top 10 wide receiver. Everybody knows where CMC is. You don't even have to look at that. The only person that I'm pressing the brakes a little bit on is Debo Samuel, and that comes down to the matchup. And I think that what we saw last week from the 49ers, but and I laid this all out in the primer, the 49ers just play the Dallas Cowboys, who run man coverage at the highest rate in the NFL. And the way that the 49ers beat man coverage is it's a massive dose of Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, baby. And we're going to see that again this week. Brandon Ayuk has eviscerated man coverage. This year, 3.29 yards per route run. George Kittle is looking at a beautiful 20.5% target share, 2.36 yards per route run against man These are the two weapons that Brock Purdy will have another top 12 day. So I've got Purdy as a top 12 quarterback. I already sit here and wax poetic about their other skill players. The only one that I'm fading a little bit is Debo Samuel. But I also laid it out in the primer versus these man coverage team. Debo gets a little bit of the rushing attempts. And the Cleveland Browns rushing or rush defense, while their secondary has played extremely good, their run defense can be had. This is wheels up and start your 49ers week. I do not care about the Browns. Just to ask on the other side of things, I mean, we're sitting 
every Brown with, with Deshaun Watson not playing? Or do, do we think there's any juice on this side at all, Fitz? Yeah, I don't want to play Jerome Ford against the 49ers run defense. And I was just looking at player props. And I think the prop for P.J. Walker's passing yardage is like 166 yards. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have Amari Cooper ranked in like the 40s at wide receiver. I uh, yep. don't want to play Elijah Moore. don't want to play Njoku. Um, yeah, stay away. Yeah, I mean, Debro, do you agree? Is there any Brown you would even consider nope. starting? Nope. Not even yeah. close. Nope. I, nope. Nope. I fully agree. Let's let's move on from that one. Uh, let's go to game number six. That's Saints at the Texans. My key question here is Chris Olave finally found the end zone last week, but he's still yet to finish as a wide receiver one in any week in half PPR scoring this season. He hasn't even been top 20 since week one. Can he get back on track against a good Texans pass defense, Debra? Houston has quietly been not great versus deep passing. You look at a lot of their other metrics for their pass defense. They have not been great versus deep passing. And that really has been Derek Carr's bread and butter. And when I say bread and butter, it's eh, you're kind of questioning the age of the butter. The bread's kind of looking speck, but you're like, ah, I'm going to roll with it anyway because I need breakfast and this is all I got. This passing attack could get on track this week. The cornerbacks are banged up. Shaquille Griffin, I don't know if he even plays. Stingley's already out. I think this could be a really good game for Derek Carr, and I'm going to have Chris Olave ranked as a wide receiver one this week because I think as many deep shots as they've taken already this year, I think they connect on a long one this week. Fitz, I very aggressively pursued Chris Olave in every draft this season, and obviously it hasn't really panned out the way I expected. What do you expect out of him this week? Yeah, same. I have him in a lot of leagues and I wouldn't even think about benching him in any league. Yep. Like I'm I'm just the talent is such that, uh, you know, with his combination of speed, route running hands, um, just not a guy I could contemplate sitting even when things have gone bad for a couple of weeks. So um, there, there was a throw like two weeks ago where I mean, it was so close to being like a, a 55 yard touchdown. And I think Derek Carr just released the ball a little bit too late and allowed the defenders to close on it and bat it away. Um, keep playing Olave. Just keep rolling him out every week. Don't even contemplate sitting him. Mean, he has been dealing with a toe injury, but it's not a reason to not start him. I love that you brought that up, Pat, because I was going to sit here and talk about that too. Um, I know all the video clips last week came out right before kickoff, and everybody's like, oh, Alave, and the trainer's looking at him. And then we find out this week it's a toe. Um, it's something I'm going to update in the primer because he was limited on Wednesday in practice, but he got a full practice in with the toe issue on Thursday. So wheels up, baby. That's good to note. I do want to also throw out for this game, we have on Spotify a poll up from yesterday's Starter Sit Show with myself, Debro, and Erickson. This poll is asking, would you rather buy or sell Damian Pierce right now? And I want to get your guys' opinion before I share the results. So, Debro, are you buying or selling Damian Pierce currently? <sighs> so, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. I am buying... Because uh, like we laid out earlier in the week, and I'm pulling up the schedule right now, the schedule for Damian Pierce does get a lot better. So after they play the Saints, they get the Panthers, the Buccaneers, the Bengals, and the Cardinals. You're not worried about any of those run defenses. After that, the Jaguars, okay, that's not great. But after that, they get the Broncos and the Jets. You can run on both of those defenses as well. So I think Damian Pierce is a good buy low. Fitz, what do you think? The Texans opened the season with three offensive linemen, three starters on injured reserve. And yep. Laramie Tunsil has also missed time. And I, I joked about it on Twitter, how every Damian Pierce carry the first couple of weeks of the season looked like a Bruce Lee fight scene where it was just guys coming from all over, just swarming Damian Pierce. So I think that's going to be better with improved health along the offensive line. I'm buying. The results here, uh, just about 60% say buy, about 40% yes. are trying to sell. So that's, that's a little closer than you might have expected. Let's go to game number seven here, Colts at Jaguars. My key question here is how does the quarterback change from Anthony Richardson to Gardner Minshew impact our rankings for Colts skill position players? Fitz, I'll start with you here. I think it might be a boost for Josh Downs, who has fared better in games that Gardner Minshew has played than games Anthony Richardson has played. I think Downs is averaging 5.7 PPR points 
in games quarterbacked solely by Anthony Richardson and 12, uh, 12 point something PPR points in games where Minshew has made an appearance. Maybe a slight downgrade for the running game, though, because Richardson's running ability is going to put pressure on defenses and spike the rushing, rushing efficiency of his running back. So uh, up for downs, maybe a little bit of a downgrade for Taylor and Zach Moss. Debra, what are you expecting here? I think it's a a little bit of a push for the run game. Uh, I could see less rushing volume, but I think this is an upgrade for the passing attack in the sense that the volume is going to increase. And we've already seen this, guys. Like, I wrote this up in the primer. As good as Indy's neutral pace has been, and they've been first leading the league in neutral pace, they've gone even faster when they've had Gardner Minshew under center. They've increased their... Um, their neutral pace from 20 seconds per snap to 17. So you're talking about a handful of plays more than you were possibly going to get with Anthony Richardson. And the passing rates have gone up, fellas. Like when he made the start versus Baltimore and Baltimore, the other thing that I want to throw this out here, Baltimore has a really good secondary. And yet Shane Steichen had no problems increasing the passing rate, not only overall from 53 to 58%, but in the red zone from 39% to 62%. So not only is this offense throwing more with Gardner Minshew, they're throwing more in the red zone because you're not going to run Gardner Minshew in at the goal line or at the three or at the two. So we're going to see more passing opportunities for the Colts receivers. We're going to see more touchdown opportunities if this continues because if they're going to throw more in the red zone, which even if it, that that drops down to like 50% in the red zone, that's still a lot more red zone opportunities and red zone targets than any of these receivers were getting before. And now we haven't even talked about this week. Jacksonville is a definite pass funnel defense. Yeah, better days are ahead for the Colts passing attack. Let's go to game number eight here. Panthers at Dolphins. This one could get ugly quick. My key question here is how will the loss of Devon Achan impact this Dolphins offense, D-Bro? You're going to see this offense consolidate more in the sense of, okay, maybe the work was more Raheem Mostert and A-Chan splitting it. With Jeff Wilson coming off IR, if that happens this week, then you're not going to see a definitive, like, I think 50-50 split, at least not to open. This could be 70-30 or 65-35 for Raheem Mostert. And Jeff Wilson's never been a prolific pass catcher. So while we're seeing Mostert and A-Chan work in the passing game, Mostert can continue to do that, but a few more targets could filter away from the from the backfield instead of going to Jeff Wilson to either Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle, which they're both getting a decent amount of work. I think this is personally going to be a massive Waddle game. So I think the loss of A-Chan is just going to consolidate. This is going to happen where McDaniel's going to say, okay, we're just going to get the ball to our best players more. Fitz, what are you expecting out of Miami? I mean, I do think it bolsters the value of Raheem Mostert and maybe the Mostert investors were getting a little bit nervous about the A-Chan breakout and what that might mean for Mostert. Now, I think that solidifies him while A-Chan is out. I do think there's room for a second Miami running back to come in and be fantasy viable. Most likely Jeff Wilson. Um, if for some reason he's not activated this week, maybe Chris Brooks could be a sleeper. Um, Ooh, that's a good call. A, that's a good had call. a long run early only if Wilson isn't active but I mean Brooks has been playing ahead of uh I think early in the season he was playing ahead of Salvan Ahmed when they were both active so um but yeah and, and as Debro mentioned maybe there's a little bit of residual benefit to the wide receivers too I do want to ask on the other side of this one even though the Panthers are quite bad Adam Thielen has been good is he a must start wide receiver until he proves otherwise he's had a top five finish at the position in two of the last three weeks Debra I don't think he's a must start considering your options I do think that he's settling in considering all the volume he's getting considering the bounce back and efficiency because he's now a slot wide receiver I think that he's settling into and I, and I get that we have he's he's performing as a wide receiver one in fantasy. I think that's going to equal out. I think that he is going to be a low end wide receiver two, high end three for the rest of the season. Um, so I don't think he's a must start, but he's inching close to it. Fitz, what do you what do you make of feeling and kind of moving forward? Are you starting him until uh, until he proves that he shouldn't be started? 
Yeah, I've got him wide receiver 20 this week. So unless you're in a a 10-team league where you only have to start two wide receivers or something, I think he's pretty close to a must-start. And, uh, yeah, it's funny, like in in best ball season, um, Adam Thielen would be sitting there at wide receiver 14, wide receiver 15. And this is a guy I've been fading in recent years. And, like, I I couldn't not take him in a lot of these best ball drafts because he's just sitting there. He was pretty clearly going to be – um, at least to start the season, the, the top wide receiver. None of the other young receivers on the Panthers have really stepped up. I mean, Jonathan Mingo has promise, not quite ready for prime time. Terrace Marshall, I don't know if he's going to get there. DJ Chark is maybe not the, uh, you know, what we hoped he might be after some promise early in his career. So, I mean, Thielen is obviously a guy that Bryce Young and Andy Dalton feel very comfortable throwing to. Um, the Panthers have no tight end. So yeah, like I think this value is going to sustain maybe slips a little because we did see some slippage in his efficiency numbers the last couple of years in Minnesota. He's not the player he used to be. He's 33. So, um, but still, I mean, I I think the targets are going to continue to be there for him and give him at least wide receiver three type value. I've got a betting pros player prop uh, for him as well. Uh, his line is set at 68 and a half receiving yards. I will tell you, he has gotten over that number three straight weeks. Debro over or under 68 and a half for Adam. Thielen. Mm, that's a good line. Um, <laughs> darn it. Worm. <laughs> um, I'll take I didn't the set over the line. begrudgingly. I, it's a good line. I mean, yeah. you should take credit for that line. That's no. a good line. Well, I wish I had said it, but I didn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fit fits 68 and a half over under. Yeah, that line is pretty spot on. It's kind of a high bar, but I'll I'll reluctantly take the over. Guys, you know that fall is unquestionably my favorite season. There's nothing I love more than seeing the colors change and feeling that crisp autumn breeze. It just feels like football. I love camping in the fall, going to games, and pretty much any outdoor activity this time of year. The only thing better is spending fall outside with friends and with beer but not just any beer miller light the 96 calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything summer and fall have to offer i love talking about my softball team on this show we are going strong into the fall season my co-ed team is right in the thick of things with a chance to win the league next week and you know that we'll be celebrating or commiserating together after the season looking back on all the memories and new friends we've made this year with a couple cases of miller lights with a miller light in your hand fall doesn't just taste great it tastes like Miller time to get Miller Lite delivered right to your door visit millerlight.com slash fantasy pros that's millerlight.com slash fantasy pros or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer celebrate responsibly Miller Brewing Company Milwaukee Wisconsin 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Right now, I want to take some time to celebrate our everyday champions, our cars. Thanks to eBay Motors, we're keeping our rides running as smoothly as our fantasy teams. Our cars are more than just vehicles. They're partners in our daily hustle. They're there for the early morning commutes, the weekend getaways, and every crucial errand in between. Remember those times your car was the MVP, getting you to that important meeting or helping you make a last-minute pickup? Just like the right player in fantasy football, the right car makes all the difference in our daily game of life. 
The dependability a car provides is one of the cornerstones of our daily lives, which is why it's so important to maintain our vehicles the way we maintain our fantasy teams. Just like a well-managed fantasy team, maintaining your car requires strategy and foresight. It's all about knowing when to make those crucial upgrades or timely repairs. Ever experienced the triumph of a DIY fix on your car? That perfect moment when everything comes together and your vehicle runs as smoothly as planned? That's what eBay Motors brings to the table. Ensuring each part you choose is not just a temporary solution, but a perfect fit for your car's needs. Speaking of perfect fits, whether it's choosing the right fantasy player or finding the ideal part for your car, the right fit can make your day. There's a unique satisfaction when everything falls into place, be it a winning fantasy lineup or a car part that enhances your ride. That's why eBay Motors is dedicated to making sure you get that perfect fit every time. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Guys, let's get into the late afternoon slate here. And we'll start with Patriots at Raiders. And my key question here, and I will tell you, this game is so boring. I really struggled to find a key question, quite honestly, here. <laughs> the only one I could land on was, are we sitting Ramondre Stevenson until further notice, given how he has performed recently? Fitz, what say you? I'm going to say, no, we're not sitting him. Let me ask you guys, on a, a scale of 1 to 10, with an underperforming player, with 1 being a quick hook, and 10 being a slow hook, giving him every chance to get back to past levels of production. Where would you guys peg yourself as far as, uh, you know, dealing with slow starting players? I'm, I'm generally like a 10. It's usually very hard for me to move past somebody that I believed in for because you, you spend the whole offseason. It's like, oh, here's six months of research and discussions and reasons for me to like this guy. That's really hard for in a couple weeks for me to turn that off. Debro, what about you? I'm usually at an eight as far as not wanting to move off. And, but I, I will say this, the more weeks that we get as a sample size of said player, not producing anywhere close to what our expectations were, um, not only from a volume perspective, but really from an efficiency standpoint, that's where the needle kind of moves for me. I, I in most instances, I'm at an eight, but Week six, that's probably bumped down to a five and a half or a six. Yeah, I mean, so Stevenson has been better than Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not worried about him losing his gig other than. Uh, well, like, wait, wait, what's, the... what's your number, Fitz? Oh, I'm, I'm at like a seven. So I'm, okay, I'm being yeah. patient with Stevenson. And, uh, you know, this guy was the RB11 last year in, in half point PPR scoring um, over 1400 yards from scrimmage. Now he's the RB26 and averaging just 55 scrimmage yards a game, only one touchdown. And yeah, I know the Patriots offense has been pretty ragged this season, but oh, so I bad. do think it's fixable. Like PFF has their run blocking graded 21st below average, but not completely disastrous. Um, Stevenson's 25. He, he most likely did not go from being a good player to being a bad player at this stage of his career. So I'm not afraid to use him against a pretty mediocre Raiders run defense that managed to make AJ Dillon look pretty good on Monday night. Debro, you're generally patient. How do you uh, feel about Ramondre? I'm not pressing the panic button, but the concern is high. The matchup is extremely good, but also we are going into six weeks in, and I also had to give a little bit of credence for the fact of it's not just that Stevenson has been bad. He's been literally like bottom five, bottom 10 in efficiency out of 63 qualifying backs. He's 49th in missed tackles forced. He's 59th in yards of the contact per attempt, and he has not recorded an explosive run to this point. So I, I've still got faith that that efficient tackle breaking monster is somewhere still in there. And I think that we, we, we illuminated this on an earlier show this week, but the, the kind of how we talked about Damian Pierce, the schedule opens up massively for Mondre coming forward. So I think that he is a trade target, but I would be very tentative about how much I'm giving up, but 
you're telling me he gets the Raiders? That is a really good matchup this week. Then he gets the Bills. They cannot stop anybody on the ground. Dolphins are middle of the pack. Commanders are a bottom five run defense. Colts, you're scared of. But then he gets the Giants, Chargers, and Steelers. None of those teams can stop the run either. So this is another guy we're talking about. It's been really ugly. My concern level is high. But the answer is probably you need to be trading for him. Let's go to Lions at Buccaneers. And my question here, this seemed like a fairly straightforward matchup for me this week. So I wanted to ask a rest of season question. Where should David Montgomery be ranked rest of season among the running backs? Because he has lived up to all any sleeper hype anybody had about him filling that Jamal Williams role and actually being the preferred guy in the Detroit backfield has worked out amazingly well for you. So Fitz, where are you ranking Montgomery rest of season at the position? Running back 13. Things will continue to be Ooh. good. The, the Lions have showed us you think that's too low. That feels I mean, like low, they, Fitzy. Well, uh, Jameer Gibbs is going to be a part of things when they come back. I mean, I, I just think, like, Montgomery has gotten into the end zone quite a bit. And he hasn't been, like, extraordinarily efficient. It's not like he's averaging five yards per carry. I mean, I, I'm not – is he over four even? so far this season like it's not like he's an extraordinary talent but the lions have shown us their offensive ethos this season and and that involves a generous dose of david montgomery pounding the ball between the tackles so um yeah i'm not ready to put him up there in the like kenneth walker travis Etienne class but uh he's a notch below those guys for me a, a no-brainer starter every week i believe 4.2 yards per carry this season for the okay. record. And also, you are lower than consensus. He's RB10 in the rest of season rankings, according to the industry. Deeper, like where do you low. have him? That's I feel like it's low. Um, I think the conversation starts at RB4. I think that... <laughs> what? It, t- tell me why not. Tell me why not. Because he's, he's, he's not involved in the passing game. Has he needed That's it? That's why. Has he needed yeah. it? No, he's not so far in this share. He's third in red zone touches. He's an RB five this year, guys. Like, has he needed it? Uh, like, if you believe that he's going to score eighteen touchdowns, then by all means, have at it. But I, I don't think he's going to keep What's up the to touchdown pace. What's to oh, stop him? We said the I, I same mean, thing with J- Jamal, Jamal Williams. Williams What's scored to stop seventeen. La- Jamal Williams scored seventeen touchdowns last year, and he was We're- only like RB eight. Yeah, but right? with a freakish number of attempts inside the from the one or two yard line. Yeah. I mean, David Montgomery yeah, is I'm a better like, version even of Jamal that Williams. Wasn't as high as RB four. I mean, I you can't put him ahead of CMC, Bijan, like no, Pollard, Eckler coming back, ETN. You can, like you can put okay. So we think that the Pollard has not been breaking tack, and I love Pollard, but t- Pollard's tackle breaking metrics have low key been bad. We're worried about the Dallas offense, okay? If anybody's not worried about the Dallas offense, you probably have not watched the Cowboys this year. Um, Travis Etienne getting all the work. Their offensive line's not playing good. Passing attacks playing better. Trevor Lawrence is going to have better days ahead, which means better days ahead for that passing attack. Then who else am I ranking over him? I mean, the only guys that I've got over him that I think you you definitively have over David Montgomery are CMC, Eckler, and Bijan. But the rest of these guys, like, David Montgomery has gotten almost 70% of the snaps in almost every freaking game he's played this year, guys. Like, he's he's fourth in carries. He's third in red zone touches. I don't see any of those things slowing down. Like, De- Detroit's defense is really good, and they are going to be in positive game scripts for a lot of the rest of the season, which means a lot of David Montgomery, as much as everybody who drafted Jameer Gibbs, doesn't want to hear about that. I, Just to- I like him, but... Debro is trying to turn uh, David Montgomery into peak Derrick Henry, and um, I can't quite go with that. He's been really close to it as far as volume, dude. I I, mean, he has. I I think Fitz is probably a little low, and I think Debro is probably a little high. The other names that you didn't mention, Debro, that are ahead of him according to consensus are – Kenneth Walker, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, and Brees Hall, in addition to those other names that we already hit on. Brees Hall, you can make a conversation, but Kenneth Walker, we just talked about what happens with Charbonnet. Josh Jacobs' offensive line can't block anything right now, so concerns there as well. Let's let's hit on one last player in the betting pros over-under challenge as well. And Deeper, I included this specifically for you, Sam Laporta. Oh of course, this was oh. before the news came out about the mm. calf issue, so let's let's 
go approach this as he's if gonna he be is okay. playing. He's going to be okay. I'm going yes. to donate my calf we're, to Sam Laporta. I'm driving <laughs> to Detroit right after this. So we're, put, do, we're putting not, good vibes out people. there. We're being optimistic. We're still including him because that tells you how much good vibes and optimism we have that he's going to play this week. Although it might just be, uh, you know, us wish casting here a bit. But <laughs> I didn't. I did include Laporta here. Please. His line is set at ten fantasy <laughs> points. So assuming health, is he going over or under ten against the Bucks, D bro? Uh, that's a good line. I'm going to say under. Um, I don't want to say under. I'm going to say under only because I feel like that line is including he has to score a touchdown in that, um, especially with Amon Ross St. Brown coming back. So I'll take the under. Fitz? Yeah, under with Amon Ross back. All right, let's go to Cardinals at the Rams. Key question here. Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are both top 10 wide receiver options this week and most weeks. Right, Debra? Yes. <laughs> Social media wanted to poke holes in the fact that can Stafford support two wide receiver ones? And I would love to see the big ethos of why he cannot. That we, we Both of these guys are going to get 30% target shares. Both of these guys are getting 40% air yard shares. They're getting 30%, tw- at least 25 to 30% first read shares. <laughs> why, why, why can they not both be wide receiver ones on a weekly basis? We just saw them do it last week. Puka Nakua was wide receiver 11 and Cooper Cup was wide receiver 12 and he didn't score a touchdown. So people are going to have to tell me why not. Fitz? Yeah, I mean, I have Cup wide receiver 5 and Puka wide receiver 10 this week. It, it yep. is against the Cardinals who just let Jamar Chase go nuclear in a trickier matchup. I might not have both guys inside the top 10. I do think the guy who maybe loses out here is is Tutu. Uh, you know, Tutu Atwell has been, I, I think he'd had like eight targets in every game until Cup was activated. And then last week, five targets. And had it not been for the, the short touchdown catch he had, his fantasy day would have been a disaster. I mean, are, are you with me, D-Bro, that Atwell's value is pretty much going up in a, a puff of smoke? Oh, with Cup's return. Oh, yeah. I think that Atwell's value and the other thing I talked about in the primer was Tyler Higby is now a tight end too. He's running yeah. a ton of routes, but his target share has been vaporized. So while I, I I'm much on the bandwagon of both of these guys are wide receiver ones this week and moving forward, the the big guys that are hurt in this offense are two two who is now probably I mean Fitzy, what do you think? Like a wide receiver. I don't want to sound like I'm being just hyperbolic here, but I mean, does he drop to like a wide receiver, a low end wide receiver four, a wide receiver five, probably? Yeah, that's where I have him in like the mid to late 40s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think wide receiver four, like probably wide receiver five is probably a good spot for him. Quickly on the other side of this one, who is the Cardinals running back to roster as long as James Conner is out? Debro, we talked about this a little yesterday. So for those who are only catching this show, who's the guy you want? It's Amari DiMarcado. I, I I do not care that interns put Keontae Ingram at the top of the depth chart. You can miss me with all of that. And I do not dislike Keontae Ingram as a person, as a player, whatever. The, the thing, this comes down to he has not been efficient in his NFL career. We have 38 carries as a sample size. He has zero breakaway runs. He has 1.8 yards of contact per attempt. Neither one of those numbers are good. So while the depth chart can list him as the starter... I ain't buying it. Not Fitz, even a little. Who's, who's the guy you want? Do you agree with Debra here? Yeah, this has probably been one of the most, uh, one of the biggest much ado about nothing fantasy Twitter debates of the season. Uh-huh. Of which of these guys, like with the, the yep. depth chart thing, and everyone thinking like all the people who bid money on uh, De Mercado are fools for having done so. I mean, it, it might be basically close to a split it might be some sort of 50 50 60 40 split for a team that is not going to have a lot of run friendly game scripts it's probably going to be one of these guys will be early downs one of these guys will be passing downs it feels like maybe d mercado is the passing down guy even though i think ingram had the better college receiving stats so really hard to read um i I do have d mercado ranked higher this week simply because ingram is coming back from injury and we don't know whether he might be limited um you know they they want these guys to get back in hitting shape after being out and not doing anything for a while and we saw that with jonathan taylor and zach moss last week so i do think d mercado is the safer play for week six uh, going forward, though, I think it's probably going to be a split until Connor is back. Where do you have Demarcado ranked this week, Fitz? Because I've kind of struggled with that. Like, I, I, I think you can make a case for him anywhere from like 
RB23, 24 to like the mid RB3 range because it's just a scrum of guys. And like the, the, the matchup for against the Rams is pretty good. But where do you have him at? Yeah, I'm more like mid RB3, like 31 okay. or so. I think I've got him 31 and Keontae Ingram 42. Yeah, I've got I've got him at the top end of RB3s. Like I've bounced him anywhere from RB24 to RB28. Like I think some of that just kind of depends on what happens with Chuba Hubbard and things like that this week. But yeah, I'm kind of in the same range. We've got three games left, so we got to move on here. Eagles at the Jets last in the late afternoon slate. My key question here is Devonta Smith is wide receiver 61 in half PPR scoring across the last three weeks. We wouldn't go so far as to consider sitting him against a great Jets defense. Would we, Fitz? No, I've got him wide receiver 22 because the matchup isn't great, but I'm not too concerned about the usage trend for him. It's it's kind of the same thing as with Chris Olave. Like, don't don't bench your good football players. Yeah. We know Devonta Smith is really good. Uh, that That case has been proven. No need to relitigate it. Keep playing Devonta Smith. Debra. Yeah, I'm playing Devonta Smith, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little bit of gas on the fire here. I think that this is actually a massive Devonta Smith game. Um, and when I went through the stuff at the primer, the one thing that stuck out stood out to me about like how do you beat some of these really good pass defenses? Where do they have a hole anywhere? The Jets have not been good against play action passing. Tenth highest passer rating, eleventh highest play action yards per attempt. Devonta Smith leads the Eagles and play action targets. He has a 29% target share on play action dropbacks. So I think that, and that's led to a lot of chunk plays for the Eagles passing attack. So I I'm going to rank, I will have Devonta Smith above consensus this week. I've got a player prop here as well over on betting pros. You can find Brees Hall is plus five fifty to score the first touchdown in this one. And his rush rushing yardage line is set at 54 and a half. Is there any interest there, Debra? Again, plus 550 to score the first touchdown, and his ru- rushing line is 54 and a half. You can count me out on the first time touchdown because um, I think that there's an easy case that the Eagles just could could take uh, – the, even the Jets get the ball, and then the Eagles could score first. Um, I will take the over for the rushing yards just based off of talent and volume, though. Fitz? Yeah, I'm with Debra. Philly's been a really tough matchup on running backs. Uh, can't interest me in that touchdown prop. I don't think that's good value, but I do think the over yep. is the better percentage play. Let's move to Sunday night football. Giants at the Bills. Question here. James Cook was dreadful against the Jaguars last week, but we're confidently going right back to him against the Giants. Debro, I know you are since you have him oh, as a top yeah, 10 running back. Oh, so I'll, yeah, I'll let baby. you go first here. I, I've got James Cook as an RB1 this week. He is going to steamroll the Giants. The Giants can't stop anybody on the ground. Second worst explosive run rate and stuff rate, uh, as well as 72% of James Crook, James Cook's runs have been on gap scheme runs. Giants versus gap scheme runs, 5.45 yards per carry. Let's go, James Cook. <laughs> Fitz, are you uh, maybe not quite as optimistic as Dero, but still optimistic on Cook? Not quite as optimistic just because we know Latavius Murray and Damian Harris are going to mix in because Josh Allen might call his own number near the goal line. The usual caveats for a Buffalo Bills lead running back, but um, like it's it's debatable what has been worse for the Giants. They're blocking or they're tackling this year because their tackling has been just laughably bad this season. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident in James Cook this week. Let's go to Monday Night Football here. Could be a good one, uh, although Debro mentioned that the Cowboys offense has struggled, but theoretically it could be a, a fun back-and-forth game. Cowboys at the Chargers. Key question here is on the Chargers side of things. How do we think Justin Herbert's targets will be divvied up after the bye, adjusting to the loss of Mike Williams now that they've had a week to kind of reset the offense? But they also have Austin Eckler returning, so a lot of moving pieces here. How do you sort of see these targets going, Debro? I think Keenan Allen's going to continue to get fed. Right, he book into him for thirteen to fifteen targets, and that's it's insane to say, but that's probably the median projection for him right now. Like you can't kick him below twelve at, at, at as a basement projection for me right now with Keenan Allen. So he's going to keep getting fed. I think if you're looking at how targets get spread out to all the ancillary parts of pieces, I think that um, with what worries me is what kind of role are we going to see for Quentin Johnston coming out of the bye? Is he going to be an 80 or 90% drop back player? 
Um, right now, he's running a lot of deep routes, and really that's helping out Keenan Allen and all of these underneath pieces. Um, I think that right now uh, this offense is going to consolidate around Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. I'm going to put Austin Eckler for A-plus target. So after that, I think it just gets spread out to everybody else. Fitz, what do you make out of this one? And again, kind of given all these moving pieces about where these targets might go. Yeah, I agree with Debro. Keenan is a weekly smash play. Austin Eckler, he's going to be prominently involved, although not as heavily involved, I would expect, in the passing game as he was with Joe Lombardi as the offensive coordinator. Now with Kellen Moore there, it's probably going to be a little bit of a, a smaller target share. So a lot of Keenan, some Austin Eckler, maybe flex type value for Josh Palmer and uh, kind of a wait and see with Quentin Johnston. Remember, everybody, the teams on by this week are the Packers and the Steelers. Don't forget to take them out of your lineup. For Debro and Fitz, I am Ryan Warmly. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good week six, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.